So I just I just don't know. I I, I, I think it needs to be used in Welcome to the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I, love I didn't that. know you were a but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? You must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to a fabulous edition of the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program today. Kicking off our number one. There's only one hour. It's iHeartRadio today. AMFM247.com. I believe. That's what I believe to be true. I think so. That's what we do here. What the hell, Bobby? Got a lot of things coming up today. And for that, we are going to go to the telephones. Call is now being recorded. One moment. And you're on with Soman Chainani. Good morning. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Good morning. Give us a little bit on your background. Um, this is a, a, a series based around fairy tales and um, sort of reclaiming fairy tales back from Disney. So it's a trilogy of books that sort of explore and deconstruct uh, good and Evil, and the book that came out today is called The Ever Never Handbook, and sort of it's a primer for those kids uh, and adults who are reluctant to sort of get involved in a deep novel fantasy series, and uh, this is the bridge to, to sort of get a primer to the world before they read the first book. Well, um, tell us, I guess, about uh, some of the main characters of the books. Sure. It's about these two girls who are best friends, one of who, um, you know, everyone thinks is a witch, one who everyone thinks is a princess, and they get to wish to live each other's lives. So that's sort of the um, basis of the book, which is you have these two girls um, who, you know, are best friends, and, and the series kind of tests their friendship. Now, uh, the book is incredibly well written. Tell me about the writing process. Um, I think, you know, it took a, a few years to do the three books, and every day I sort of um, kind of went deeper and deeper into my vision for it. So there was a year of outlining before I started, and then uh, there was a lot of work to, um, you know, really realize what was on the page. 
Now, uh, the, the, the books, the books are well put together. Um, give us a little outline of, of the books. Um, you know, the first book sort of looks at good and evil uh, and deconstructs what those terms mean. The second terms look at the idea of gender, boys and girls, and sort of deconstructs those terms. Um, and then the third book uh, looks at young and old and what, uh, you know, those terms mean in fairy tales. So it's really about deconstructing these binaries that Disney movies often set up. What do you want readers to take away from your writing? Uh, I think the fact that, you know, you are sort of brainwashed by Disney at some level. You know, we grow up thinking fairy tales are one thing, and I wanted them to, to experience the original fairy tales in a new way and really get a sense of, um, you know, a more uh, complex fairy tale universe. We've got some great guests with us today joining us live here on our program. Uh, where, where can people pick the books up and, and, and get involved with you? They can get the books anywhere. It's at every bookstore in the country at this point. Um, and they can pick up, uh, the, they can learn more about me at schoolforgoodandevil.com or somanchianani.net. Uh, and they can follow me on Twitter at uh, uh, somanchianani or on Facebook or Instagram at the same address. What's next for you as an author? Um, I'm going to be hopefully doing some more of these School for Good Evil books. That's really the, the big plan. And then hopefully working on a new series, you know, sometime soon. But for now, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of living in the School for Good Evil universe for sure. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This call is now being recorded. Hey, James, how are you? Good morning, Chef. How are you? Very well. Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about what we have going on this morning. Well, you know what? It's Memorial Day this weekend, which means summer is just around the corner. It's time to fire up the grill and enjoy some warm weather, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell us about the latest. So uh, are you ready for this? you want me to tell you a little bit about uh, the best way to barbecue grill? Well, let's go. Tell them right now. Bro. All right. Now, you got to make this effortless. It's really important that you're bar barbecuing effortlessly. So that means you need the right ingredients. And smoking meats is the big thing right now. Fortunately, Omaha Steaks just launched a brand-new line made especially for smoking. And that includes raw products like whole beef brisket with a free ancho chili rub, a whole pork shoulder with a free applewood rub, and a split baby back pork ribs with a free Asian barbecue rub. You can also have the pre-cooked versions of these so that you're saving time, like the whole smoked brisket, the smoked pork baby back ribs, and as you know, Omaha Steaks, the fifth generation family-owned company, and for nearly 100 years they've been providing premium quality meats and foods. And by the way, this Father's Day, they have a fantastic Father's Day T-Bone gift package. For only $69.99, just go to omahasteaks.com. You can call them or visit uh, one of their 70 retail stores across the country. What about the snacks? What about the one? I'm sorry? The snacks. What about the snacks? <laughs> you always want snacks for the grilling. The problem with snacks is that you fill up too much and then there's no space for the meat. But if you really want some snacks, you know what? Go for some meat snacks. Do some sliders. 
some mini kebabs, and you can certainly snack with those. Anything that's dippable also is a great snack as well. Uh, but, but let's just talk about the grills. You also need the quality uh, 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 equipment, too, for grilling. And for me, the new grilling technology, it's going to take your grilling skills to a whole different level. And most of them can be found at Home Depot right now. Um, for example, gas grills, which provide an <coughs> precise flame. It makes it easy to cook meats at preferred temperatures. You have a controlled heat, so you can cook delicate meats like fish or vegetables. For me, the Weber Spirit E310 gas grill with a gourmet barbecue system is a hit. You can't go wrong with this brand, really. It has an interchangeable grate system that comes with a griddle. You can swap it for a pizza stone or a wok or a poultry roaster. You can cook pretty much every meal of the day on this grill. And by the way, Home Depot is the number one seller of Weber grills. You also have the infrared grilling, and that's the latest and upcoming trend. Uh, it's the Next Grill Evolution 5-Burner Stainless Steel Gas Grill. You can cook with it like you used to with gas grills, or you can use the infrared system to start searing the meats, get a nice searing on each side of the steaks, or you can flip it and use that system as a smoker as well. And speaking of smoking, charcoal grills, simple, delicious, smoky flavors. Well, something called Kamado Grilling is now the big thing. Vision Grill's Kamado Pro Ceramic Charcoal Grill. It has an egg shape that allows you to cook food evenly by heating all sides simultaneously. It comes in a variety of colors. The dome shape is great for cooking pizza on a lava stone. You can smoke meats using a convection heat environment and even use it for slow cooking like brisket. Anything else? Oh, if you want any more information about all this, go to dailylounge.com. You won't regret it. Good stuff. Have yourself a wonderful day. This call is now being recorded. Okay. A little bit of an echo if you want to, I don't know, maybe turn the volume down just a touch. Hi, James. This is Tanya Nyack. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Good morning to you. Tell us a little bit on your background. A little bit about my background. Well, I uh, come from the world of HGTV and Food Network's Restaurant Impossible. I have my own business, Tanya Nyack Design, uh, based out of Boston. Uh, I am the spokesperson for Frog Tape. And I think that's, that's it in a nutshell. And I'm well, a tell us about the topic this morning. Person. What's that? Tell us about the topic this morning. I'm so sorry. I'm having trouble hearing. Tell us about the topic this morning. Oh, the topic this morning. Thank you. For some reason, it was cutting in and out a little bit. Sorry about that, James. No problem. Yes, well, Tell us might... about the topic this morning. <laughs> got it. Got it. Well, we are going to talk about some great ways to spruce up your home for the summertime. And, you know, Memorial Day is coming up, so we want to make sure we have our house fresh and ready. So a few great design ideas of what you can do. One of them is, I know it sounds a little generic, but I'm going to talk to you and get down into it, is paint. And instead of painting the entire house or all the rooms, I am focusing on one wall. We're going to make it simple. We're going to make it easy and just do an accent wall. But the key with the accent wall is that you prep properly because a lot of people think, oh, you know, I could just cut in with a paintbrush and get a nice, crisp, clean line. If you're not a pro at it, it's very, very difficult. So get the right tools. And I use frog tape, painter's tape. And the reason why I choose frog tape over any other is because there's a paint block technology on it. So when I tape up my baseboards, I tape up my molding, sometimes I'll do a design on a wall. As soon as the paint hits the edge of the tape, 
it actually creates a micro barrier so that when you pull it, you get a really crisp, clean line every time. And you can try that also on canvases to do artwork. So it's really fun to work with. Well, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, well, uh, if you want to get into something not so DIY heavy and maybe do a little bit of accessorizing around the house, I'm a, I'm a big lover of traveling. I actually just went to India a few weeks ago, and I came back with a whole bunch of shawls. I love these things because when I'm entertaining outside, it's always nice to have something that not only looks good, so you can kind of throw it over the furniture and it looks really pretty, but at night when it gets chilly, you can wrap yourself up with it. But at the same time, it's a really great conversation piece. You know, and I also, I love to collect seashells. <laughs> it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. So I put seashells in a bowl with a candle. Um, and it always reminds me of, of my special trips and my special outings. So that's another thing. There's a few other things that I can tell you about, like repurposing. You know, I'll take an old tray, and right in the bottom portion of that tray where you, you set things down on, I'll use chalkboard paint. Paint that whole base of it chalkboard and then use a chalkboard pen and I'll write down my menu for the evening so I can hang it on, let's say it's a barbecue. I can take that, put my menu for the barbecue and hang it on a fence. Or if it's a fancier dinner, I can use uh, a flea market silver tray and paint the base of it and write my menu for the evening on that. So it's just a nice way to personalize your entertaining. Well, give us some more details. Yeah, um, well, there's a lot more that you could do. You know, I like to distress furniture, and I feel like it always gives that nice, comfortable feeling in a home. But I've discovered this new way to distress furniture, and that is by taking uh, any wooden pieces you have around the house, whether it's a table or a chair or even a simple wooden frame, and you take a little bit of petroleum jelly, some Vaseline, dabble it on the edges, and then you're going to, Go over the whole piece of furniture, including over the Vaseline, with paint. Once the paint dries, you're going to take a rag or an old grocery shopping bag and pull off the Vaseline. And when you do that, you're going to get this coolest sort of distressed look. It's going to look like you have the piece forever. Where can we go for more information? Yeah, those are also you can get all of these tips and a whole bunch more uh, over at frogtape.com. So definitely check it out. Good stuff. Have a good morning. Back to the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show on the network. Welcome back to our big broadcast. 14 minutes after the hour, it is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Program, coast to coast and border to border. And uh, we're going to be speaking with the author of The Devil Inside the Beltway, Michael Dari is going to be with us here in a few moments. He was live at the Republican National Convention last week, and uh, we kind of want to do a, uh, a little debriefing with him here. He came live from the uh, heart of the uh, Trump-pocalypse, and uh, he's our cybersecurity cyber analyst of the 2016 race. Michael Doherty's with us today here on our broadcast. Check out the book, The Devil Inside the Beltway. It's available on Amazon, or you can go to thedevilinsidethebeltway.com. Now, Michael, um, what were some of your impressions from last week's uh, RNC event? Well, you know, not knowing what was going to be com coming, I have to tell you, I thought it was um, pretty calm the first few days. People were kind of, uh, almost looking for something to report, so when a quote-unquote plagiarized uh, part of a speech becomes headlined, 
it's, uh, you know, a slow news day. <laughs> and then um, the Cleveland police did such an incredibly good job. We felt quite safe, even in a crowd, and um, nothing really happened. So that was anticlimactic. And then Ted Cruz got up and everyone lost their minds. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yes, yes. I uh, that 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 was that was an interesting uh, si- situation. What 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 did what did you think of that whole thing with Ted Cruz? Well, look, I, you know, I, I was a Cruz supporter. Uh, I would be voting for Donald Trump. I I'm not a lifelong politico, and I I don't see the point of trying to eviscerate and destroy someone that doesn't agree with you. It was uh, it was a big chess match between Cruz and um, and Trump because you know it's like first he's invited to speak, then he says what he wants to say, then they they don't want to say it, then they, they didn't cancel it. He was going to back out. They said no, and then Trump says it's okay, and then he gets set up, and all these booze are primed. So look, well, this is a, a complete back and forth uh, 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 sort of. I know you had the what am I type battle, and uh, I think it's over. I, it's over. I hope it's over. You know, I don't think that Trump is sort of well trying to destroy people in the party that don't agree with him after he's gained the nomination. I think it would be better off just moving on and focus on the imploding opposition. We've got Michael Darty with us today. He was live at the uh, RNC last week. He has got an amazing, amazing book. It's on cybersecurity. It's called The Devil Inside the Beltway, and it's available on Amazon. Um, as soon as uh, you, you, one of the things that you do really well and do it excellently is cybersecurity and have knowledge of that. What did you think of uh, the, the, the WikiLeaks situation that took place over the weekend? Well, there was warning. I mean, if people really want to keep their finger on the pulse, all you do is follow WikiLeaks on Twitter. This is not a surprise if you're paying attention. Of course, you never know it's going to happen until it does, but he announced it was going to happen. And I think it's the first inning. It's not the whole game. Uh, you have to look at what he didn't drop. Uh, even even the Clinton campaign came out today saying they expect more, and there will be more. And um, so, so, you know, of course, like the politicos that they are, they're creating, and, and, and they're pathological liars. I mean, the truth doesn't matter. And the whole thing yeah. is, and, and we have, as a public, need to learn about their playbook. And their playbook is, make up anything to change the subject. So uh, they haven't said the emails are fake. They haven't said they're not true. They just try to change the subject to the Russians, which the science says it isn't true. But even if it is true, so what? <laughs> that means that she's got her servers vulnerable. And it's ironic that the very group of people that were accusing the right of using the Russians and foreign governments as fear-mongering are using the Russians as fear-mongering to change the subject. I mean, yep. they just lied and rigged their own, their own um, process. I, I mean, it's, if you're a Democrat, it's demoralizing. We've got Michael Darley with us today. He's a senior writer for Cyber Defense Magazine. He's also a board member of Snoopwall, the uh, global leader and Affordable Breach Prevention. He's also the author of The Devil Inside the Beltway, the shocking expose of the U.S. government's surveillance and overreach into cybersecurity, medicine, and small business. He joins us today here on the broadcast to wrap up the RNC from last week. And um, the, the Devil Inside the Beltway is an amazing, amazing book. Pick that up on Amazon. And, um, Michael, uh, moving forward here, um, what, what, what are some of your thoughts that, that you took away from 
from the RNC? Well, you know, there's a lot of passion going on. Look, people want to change this administration really, really, really badly. And anyone that's perceived to get in the way of that, whether you're inside or outside the party, uh, risks uh, uh, physical abuse. <laughs> I say it tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> but, uh, look, people are really, really exhausted, and um, they should be very happy about what's happening with the DNC moving forward. But, uh, you know, that hasn't hit yet. I thought it was a pretty good convention, actually. I mean, you know, we, we, we didn't have any terrible things happen. We didn't have uh, any 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 terrorism or violence or insane protests. And uh, some of the media was obviously disappointed, so they uh, had to create some stuff, and that's their storyline. You know, it was uh, it's time just to get on with it. And it's going to be one interesting campaign, given that Julian Assange is out there. Uh, opening up the, the uh, record books and letting everyone see what really goes on behind the scenes. Yes, very much so. Michael Doherty with us today, and uh, uh, Michael, what, what, what do you think of the uh, the DNC this week so far of, of different things that you've seen? Well, the most outrageous thing is uh, Washman Schultz going to work for Clinton in a matter of minutes. I mean, you know, obviously, if, if you're within the if, if you're if you're one of the the mafia, then uh, you're taken care of. <laughs> she obviously took the blood oath because uh, she had a job with Clinton uh, political machinery in a matter of moments. This should give pause to everyone. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, I, I don't know how anyone can can support that type of talk. And so the DNC, I think, is um, look, they're caught red-handed. They have no choice, and uh, the liars just keep on lying. And, and once you do that, that's all you can do. So, you know, they have to be very careful uh, on what comes flying out of their mouth uh, because there's more to come for them. And it's not a one-two punch. Assange has got this thing set up, and he's going to um, continue to pound them with more uh, obvious proof of, of their pathological behavior. Now, I don't think the Republicans will be as vulnerable. Because uh, it wasn't, you're not going to find the RNC scheming to rig the election to make Donald Trump the nominee. That's nowhere to be found. Yes. You, you know, they might have a tax returns, but, um, you know, I, the DNC is the DNC. And I just, it's really up to the American public to decide if they really want to trust a group like that to give their vote to. I don't know how, if you agree with their platform, how to trust them to actually do it, it appears they'll do anything and say anything to to get power, and that includes lying and beating. Yes. Yes, very much so. Michael Doherty, our guest today, two minutes after the hour. Michael, thanks for being with us, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week, my friend. All right, good talking to you. Take care. Appreciate it. Michael Doherty with us today here in our broadcast, Coast to Coast and Boda to Boda. Tune in. iTunes. We're live as live can get today. We've got more coming up. Here on this special edition, iHeartRadio and AM FM 24 7 now. This call is now being recorded. Krista Kenfield? Good morning! Good morning. How are you doing? Pretty good, actually. Give us a little bit of your background. 
Sure. So I am the getaway expert and VP of corporate communications at GoGoBot, which is a great website that's free for you to find wonderful experiences around the world and in your own backyard. So if you're looking for a great hotel or amazing new restaurant or a fun hiking trail or something interesting to do with the kiddos this weekend, GoGoBot's a great resource for finding those things. Well, run down some of the uh, some of the details of this website. I'm I'm sorry. Run down some of the details of the website. Sure. So it takes a different look at travel. So we look at the travel through the experiences of different lenses. So different travel styles would have different needs. So if you're a family traveler on a budget, you probably want to see different things than if you're a family traveler who's interested in more luxury experiences. Or if you're someone who's interested in art and design versus a backpacker, you probably want to see different things. So we help you find the things that you're going to enjoy discovering based on your travel style. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. Now let's tell us a little bit more about the website. I'm, I'm sorry? I said tell us a little bit more about the website. So the website helps you find great places to eat, stay, and play anywhere in the world. So whether you're in Wichita, Kansas, or you're in Italy, and you're looking for amazing restaurants or hotels or things to do, we help you discover those things based on other people's travel style that's similar to yours. Well, uh, do you have any more details for us? Yeah, so we have released some interesting new lists about where people are heading and where they're traveling. So uh, we just pushed out our list for budget and student travelers. So if you're interested in hearing a little bit about where it's budget and student tribe are heading and also places they're not heading, we have a declining destination worth a second look list. I can talk you through some of that if you're interested in it. Well, what, what are some of the top destinations for budget and student travelers? So interestingly enough, we're seeing a lot of North American destinations on our list this year, and we're definitely seeing that budget and student travelers are shying away from some of the typical student locations like Cancun and Bali. Actually, both of those places are on our declining list this year. And instead, they're kind of opting for more experiential uh, locations, places like Warsaw and Chiang Mai and Thailand. And uh I mentioned that they're interested in some of the North American destinations, and our top three are actually all in the United States. So number one is West Palm Beach, and easy to see why students and budget travelers are heading there, especially if they're interested in the outdoors. They've got some amazing parks, nature, wildlife preserves. So if you're into spending time outside, I think West Palm Beach is a great place to take a peek at. Number two on the list is El Paso. El Paso is a rather interesting one. Given the current uh, election year, and I think the focus on immigration issues, it's interesting to see El Paso on this list because it is home to the National Border Patrol Museum. So perhaps for students and budget travelers that are looking to get a bit more up to snuff on immigration issues and taking a peek at the National Border Patrol Museum could be an interesting place to head this summer. Uh, Grand Rapids is number three on our list. 
So they're a wonderful destination, as particularly if you're a bit of a foodie or into um, beers. They have over 20 craft breweries that are in the Grand Rapids area, and they have also a great uh, free public art competition. So if you're an art and design lover, that could be an interesting spot for you to take a peek at. And I can talk you through some of the more rising star destinations, or if you'd like me to chat a little bit about the declining destinations and what we're seeing there, I'm happy to chat about that, too. Well, what, what destinations on the decline might be worth a second look? Yeah, so some of the spots that are on the decline, number one is Porto in Portugal. So uh, known for its tiled houses, cobblestone streets. Um, it's a great port city. It's right on the water. Um, low-cost wine, uh, so that's an interesting place to check out. Number two on the list is Bali. And I think what's interesting with these declining destinations is, is it could be that they're declining because of weather or health concerns, or it could just be um, people are concerned about traveling to the areas, but sometimes it's just that a bit of the shine has worn off. And Bali's an interesting one because it's been a few years since Eat, Pray, Love, the movie with Julia Roberts came out. And everyone was buzzing about the book when that came out, so I think part of it is it's just fallen off of people's wish list because it's not top of mind anymore. But that being said, the tourism infrastructure is built out, and it could be a great place for you to check out. Well, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. This call is now being recorded. We've got so many folks who help us. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, James. Hello, James. Good morning, folks. How are you? Doing great. Doing well. Well, um, go ahead and give us a little on your background, and we'll get into the topic. So I'm uh, Dr. D. Gennaro. I'm the president and uh, CEO of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, we're a not-for-profit uh, that is focused completely on the blood cancers, leukemia, lymphoma, multiple myeloma. Uh, our work is, is twofold. We want to find cures, and we want to be sure that patients have access to those cures. Yeah? Well, um, I am, uh, good morning. I'm Dr. Gail Robos. I'm a professor of medicine at Weill Cornell Medicine, a Presbyterian hospital in Manhattan. I run the clinical and translational leukemia programs there, and our goal is probably the same as what Dr. DiGennaro just said about uh, LLS. We want to make sure that patients have access to the cutting edge of therapies, and we want to find the cures. Uh, we are uh, hopeful that we can convince uh, patients to come and see us to try to figure out whether we have novel clinical trials that might be able to uh, let them enjoy some of the advances that we think are going on in uh, leukemia therapy and for other blood cancers as well. Well, go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, the topic today with everything. Uh, so we're, we're here to talk a bit about the American Society of Clinical Oncology meeting. It's happening literally as we speak and will happen over this weekend. This is, uh, this is an exciting time for cancer research, and this meeting is incredibly important. It brings together thousands of uh, cancer researchers and physicians who treat cancer patients. Um, the topic of the meeting is focused around revealing and studying the data from the latest clinical trials of, of new uh, cancer agents. 
And it's important because we believe that what will be revealed, especially in the blood cancers, is data that suggests that there are new therapies on the horizon that will lead to better outcomes for cancer patients. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the some of the different uh, stats and how you guys relate to them and, and, and everything that you guys are going to be doing this weekend. So I think that there are a lot of different uh, buzzwords that have been going around in cancer that um, patients and family members and people who are uh, trying to figure out where medicine is going today are looking for. So, for example. There's immunotherapy. Immunotherapy is a whole bunch of different therapies, actually. It's not just one thing. But the focus is on trying to make the immune system work to fight back against an, uh, an individual's cancer. Cancer, fundamentally, is a problem with the immune system. The immune system of the patient didn't work because it allowed the cancer to grow. So the question is, how can we use immune system cells, lymphocytes, to either train them to find cancer cells or to attach them to a chemotherapy drug so that when they find a cancer cell, they can get rid of it. That's one new area. The second new area is targeted therapies. So we have a lot of advances in technology that have allowed improved understanding of the biology of certain tumors. And certain tumors have gene mutations which might actually be targetable by a new um, drug or actually by an existing drug. We're doing a lot of testing to figure out whether some of the old drugs we have might work for specific uh, individual types of gene mutations. And the hope is that by combining, uh, combining novel therapeutic approaches with older ones, we can come up with cocktails that are better um, for patients and better in terms of safety and better in terms of outcomes. The cure is not going to be out at the end of this weekend, but we really feel that some of the immunotherapy, targeted therapy, and novel approaches to old chemotherapy are actually directly relevant for patients, and some of those data are probably going to be coming over the airwaves all through the weekend. Well, as we wrap up here, uh, where can we go for more information and, and, and everything else? The uh, best place to go for information, especially for blood cancer patients, is a website of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. That's lls.org. Uh, for those who would like to talk with someone live, they can contact our information resource at 800-955-4572. We'd be very ha happy to help patients and, and caregivers. Well, have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. This call is now being recorded. Hi, James. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Good morning to you. Happy summer. Now, um, give us a little bit on your background. Uh, I'm Dr. Chu, a dermatologist, and I'm here to sort of chat about getting great, sexy summer legs for all the women out there as the temperatures rise. Well, t tell us a little bit about it. Well, I always tell people that sometimes it develops a beauty routine like we do for the rest of our bodies for our legs. So the first thing, I have like about five tips that we can run off. Um, number one, you want to make sure you exfoliate your skin regularly. And the legs are no exception. This kind of keeps the skin smooth, buffs away those dead skin cells, and pops the hair up. 
So it prepares you for the next step, which is shaving your legs. Most of us women have to shave our legs a little bit more frequently in the summer because we're wearing shorts and skirts and bathing suits. So you want to invest in a good shave gel. Skintimate offers a couple of options, um, quite a few options, actually. I love the dry skin shaving gel. It kind of allows you to sort of have a little increased moisturization and that soft feel after shaving. But they also have fun flavors like uh, Island Berry Breeze that kind of, you know, gives you a sort of transport you to a different location kind of sensation as well. So different types of shave gels are great because a little bit sharper and gives you a closer shave and also helps you track exactly where you've been so you don't miss little spots here and there. The other thing I always recommend is a multi-bladed razor because it gives you a much more luxurious sensation and a closer shave. Uh, it, I like Schick's Hydra Silk Razor for this gives you a pivoting kind of um, multi-bladed razor, so it really allows you to get those little areas like the knees and ankles that are, you know, can be a little bit more stubborn and difficult to get without uh, avoid by and avoiding things like nicks and cuts and still getting that really close shave so you don't have to shave so often. The other tip I want to give everybody is always remember to change out the blades for your razor. Schick's made that easy with these Hydra Silk hanging shower refills. They just hang in your shower, so it's a visual reminder that you can easily pop out that little old dull blade that you have. We're all guilty of that a little bit, and um, that way you can keep your blades sharp and make sure your shave is always smooth and you don't have a blade that's you know, been sitting in the shower collecting germs and things like that. And the last tip would be always use a moisturizer and a sunscreen. Um, moisturize your legs as soon as you get out of the shower while the skin is still a little bit damp and make sure you wear sunscreen if you are going to be out there so you can keep those legs looking not just all summer long, but for years to come. Well, do you have a uh, website or anywhere we can go for more information? Absolutely. If you want more shaving tips, feel free to visit skintimate.com and chic.com. Good stuff. Have yourself a wonderful morning. This call is now being recorded. We've got Bobby from Saliva with us today here in a broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher. And uh, go ahead and uh, bring us up to speed on what, what, you guys are, uh, what you guys are doing on the show today. Um, the band, man, we just, you know, we released a new record uh, a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, we're just, uh, we're not on tour right now. We're, we're, uh, we're all home. We don't leave yeah. until July 13th. And then we'll be we'll be out for oh a good bit, man. We're gonna be out till like yeah. October the sixteenth. Yeah. So uh well, tell, tell me, tell me but, about the new record. Yeah, interesting. The new record man, you know, we uh we made it last year and uh then we signed with Universal and then they released it and uh um I think it turned out really good, man. You know, we 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 didn't really have any uh Good, you know, we got to make it the way we wanted to. No one told us, you know, how to do the record or go work with this guy or whatever. We kind of just did it ourselves. Um, we had a lot of fun making it, man. You know, a lot of songs turned out really good. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, that's what it's – you don't want to put out, you know, crap songs. You want to you know, do your best yeah. and try to, you know, win, win the fans over with the good stuff. So, Well, tell me about the production process and everything with the new record. Uh, the production was, uh, it's fairly simple. I mean, we just, um, I produced the record and then, uh, 
I outsourced mixers. So, you know, we couldn't really um, all agree on who we wanted to mix the whole record. So we kind of just like, and, you know, some of the guys were really available to do a whole record. You know, we're doing other projects. So we have like five different mixers on the record. So um, yeah. I think it, it's not really something you can tell unless you're really, you know, I can tell obviously, but, you know, I don't think many would, would get that. So. Well, how would you compare this record to some of your other work that you guys put out there? Well, this is the second record I've done with the band. And um, I would say, compared to the last one, I mean, the last one we, you know, we went to Nashville as a band, lived in a house, made a record for like, you know, we were there like six weeks. This was a little different because we just did it where I live, in Jacksonville, Florida. And um, we kind of took our time with it. You know, we didn't get it done. We, we originally wanted to get it done in like a month or so. And, uh, we had some some derails there, so we ended up just um, recording a song here or there. You know, we still toured a lot in uh, 2015, so we uh, we finally got it done uh, this year. So, But it was cool to, to get to do it here where I live and, it was, you know, comfortable for me. Now, uh, now, now, touring and putting this together. What, what, what are some of the uh, challenges and everything associated with that whole thing? Um, well, you, you have to money. I mean, when you're, you know, you make money when you're on tour. So, yeah. you know, when you're making a record and you're in yourself, you're doing it yourself. You know, that's like, you know, you kind of have to. Way out the options. You gotta do both, but at the same time, you gotta go make some money to support making the record. So, um, I mean, you know, but it's it's cool, man, to, to go in and, and create and uh, just let let it all out. You know, as a band, stuff like that. It's really cool to bring the songs together. It was also fun to go play them live too. So, now uh, tell us about this uh, upcoming tour you guys are going to be part of. The Make America Rock Again tour. That's um, yep, yep. It's going to be a long one, man. It's going to be fun though. It's going to be a lot of really cool cities, a lot of cool spots. Um, you know, all the bands that are on it. You know, uh, have had a lot of radio, you know, success and stuff together. And I think it's uh, it's going to be cool, man. Like a carnival on wheels type thing. Like it's going to be a it's going to be a good time to get out there and, and, and hang out with a lot of these guys that. You know, a lot of, you know, Saliva's toured with a lot of these bands in the past, so yeah, it'd be cool to like a reunion. Now, uh, when when you guys get the call for something like this, what 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 is the uh, what's the process like? They just send you an email, or how how, how do you, how do you get alerted that you're going to be part of something like this? Um, there's a thing called booking agents. They uh, <laughs> they're the ones that do all that stuff, man. You know. <laughs> that's not my, uh, you know, that's, I just, you know, I go where they tell me to go, you know, but hey, it's typically you know. like the way this tour, the way this tour was, was it was one buyer, one promoter that pretty much put the whole tour together and the whole thing on. And yeah. he goes out and he, he pitches them to markets and, and the markets get it. And so it's a little easier than like your booking agent going out and, you know, Trying to book saliva like every hitting the pavement in every market, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This guy's one guy said he's putting up pretty much the the bill for the whole thing, and 
and he's just like an investment. And he goes out and he pitches it to markets and sells them to promoters and to you know to other buyers. So. That's fantastic. Now, uh, with with the new record, uh, well, as far as expectations, what do you guys have for the new record? Um, well, we just saw that it, it, it's uh, number fourteen on the top uh, fifteen uh, rock hard rock album, so that's cool. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things, man. Like, you know, you, you gotta you gotta be touring, you gotta be actively doing stuff to to create awareness that the the record is out. Yeah. a lot of people don't you know don't really keep up with it. You know, it's it's like you kind of have to be in everybody's face at all times to, to let them know that you have a, you have a record out. So, um, you know, I think it's uh, it's growing legs, and, you know, we'll just, we've got to get out there and tour, man, and just keep spreading spreading the word around, you know. Well, uh, looking forward to seeing you guys, you guys on the tour, um, playing your music and everything else. And uh, before we let you go, uh, how, do, how do we link up with you guys online, social media, all that stuff? Uh, saliva.com, facebook.com slash saliva, you know, Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff, man. You know, just, just go and, uh, you know, we're not too hard to find. <laughs> well, good stuff, man. Have, have, have yourself a good holiday and, uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, mate. Thanks. Appreciate it. Four seven three sixty five. The number two internet to talk stream live dot com. This is the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show. Back here on our world famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Program. Forty five minutes after the hour. Joining us today here on iHeartRadio and AMFM twenty four seven dot com is Mr. Frank Bernuccio. He is live each and every weekend on. A lot of stations across the country, including AM, FM, 24-7, the Roar Network, as well as uh, a few others. And, um, Frank, uh, we just had the RNC. We're getting ready to have this. Uh, we're in the middle of the uh, of the DNC. Um, th- there seems to be a situation with both of these parties, and, and they dominate the headlines. And what people don't realize, and I guess maybe they're realizing it this year, is that... Uh, it's not just the Democrats and the Republicans. Gary Johnson and Jill Stein are both very much in this. Jill Stein polling at 5%, but Gary Johnson's doing amazing. Um, is this going to come down to being a, 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 two, a two-person race or a three-person race? Well, I have taken one example in the past, uh, I guess, 20 years where a third-party candidate made a difference. That was when Ross Perot ran... Yep. The first race between George Bush, the father, 41, and Bill Clinton. Of course, had Ross Perot not been in that race, uh, George Bush, 41, would have been reelected, and Bill Clinton would have been a footnote in history, and one assumes Hillary Clinton as well. Yeah. Um, so there is a potential, particularly with these two very candidates, uh, for a third party to make a significance. Do I think that's actually going to be the case in this matter? The reason it probably will not be however, is that Ross Perot exclusively from George Bush. The third-party candidates this time around appear to be able to take votes in equal proportion away from both of the major parties. Yes, very much so. a significant amount of votes, the reality is that they probably won't have that much of it on the race because, again, 
they will take votes equally from both major party candidates. Well, and and the thing that I'm uh, I'm not really worried or concerned. I just I I, 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 I find it I guess alerting and alarming is that uh, you you have Gary Johnson who is uh, peeling off. Uh, Repub- he, he's getting a lot of the Republican votes because they're, they just don't like Donald Trump. So they're going to vote Libertarian because of more of his issues. Uh, a Libertarian platform kind of favors more of a Republican. Um, Jill Stein has been courting and has converted a lot of the, uh, the Bernie or Bust crowd. Um, but she also is, is polling a few folks that from the business world who, they vote Republican, but they just don't like Trump, and they'd rather vote for Sulce. Or, um, like with Gary Johnson, that there's a lot of the Republicans that just don't like that whole pot legalization thing. So, <laughs> so they'll, they'll, they'll vote some, they'll vote for Gary Johnson. They just don't like that part of the platform. Um, is is that what's happening? Is is it is it basically like you were saying? Is is it pulling from both sides instead of just one this year? Yeah, I think it really is. And as we saw at the start of the Democrat convention with the startling revelation that the Democrat National Committee breached its fiduciary duty, uh, it's the Democrat Party to the primaries in see a lot of disaffected voters, particularly the young. Um, yes. The Democrats have to absolutely pull in significant numbers from young voters and from black voters to achieve victory. The young have been disaffected by the shenanigans that have gone on the Democrat National Committee. And by the way, um, under the no-shame category, the fact that Debbie Wasserman Schultz left her job in disgrace from the DNC... <laughs> and was immediately hired 10 seconds later to chair the Clinton campaign, I think is just going to reinforce the belief of many of Sanders' supporters that the Democrat Party, um, and perhaps the two-party system as a whole, is corrupt, and voting for either one would be absolutely something not to their liking. Beyond that, um, I I think the other group of people that are going to be disaffected, and this may surprise some people, uh, James, is black voters may not show up in significant numbers as they have in the past two elections for several reasons. One, the front-runner candidate is not uh, black. But much more than that, no community has been harmed more than the black community by the Democrat stance on just about unrestrained illegal immigration. Um, yes. If you go to the inner cities of, of the United States where many blacks live, you find that the rates of unemployment have skyrocketed under the Obama administration because a lot of the jobs have been taken by illegals. And the black community is furious at that. Now, you're not going to see that reflected in the polls at all. The polls are still going to say that the black community is solidly behind the Democrat Party because that's been what's been for the past half century. But the reality of it is the fury, and I've spoken to a number of black leaders, um, who feel that they have been absolutely cast aside by the hard-left progressive wing of the Democrat Party, particularly in issues like immigration. And you're going to see that anger reflected not necessarily by black folks switching to the Republican Party, but by black folks not being cast at all for the Democrat Party candidate. Yes, and that that, that is something that uh, I, I, I think they... Uh 
they need to be definitely aware of. We've got Frank Fernuccio with us today. He joins us live 51 minutes after the hour talking with us uh, about uh, some of the different news and views that are going on in this uh, in this DNC RNC situation. Now, of course, Trump came came out of the uh, RNC with with a bump, which is always traditional uh you know you 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 have the race and then you have people that are because it basically it's a week-long advertisement for republicans now (laughs) this week same thing with the democrats it's a week-long advertisement but do you think hillary's going to have a bump coming out of this and if and if she does how how big of a one well, I think she will have a bump. As you said, it's a week-long advertisement, so it's almost inevitable. Of course, the Democrat bump is going to be tempered by the news of the uh, violations of ethics rules. Well, what a surprise for Hillary, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> concerning how the primary was run. Um, so that's going to be a real problem. And there's some other rather amusing aspects of going on at the DNC that uh, the pundits haven't caught on to yet. But, James, on your show, your listeners are going to find out. Now, we know the Democrats hate the concept of voter ID. They feel it's totally wrong that before you go in and vote, you have to show a picture ID to prove you are who you say you are. Yes. But at the entrance hall to the Democrat National Convention, there is a nice big sign that says, no one admitted without picture ID. (laughs) Isn't that fascinating? We know also that the Democrats don't like the concept of using a wall to keep folks who should not be oh, in yes. place from being there. Yes. But there's a wall around the Democrat Convention. Indeed, there's a wall inside the Democrat Convention keeping people away from the speaker section. So I think those are two little amusing things that the voters are going to catch on to pretty quickly. <laughs> I think also a lot of the middle-of-the-road voters, and, and you know, there really are some still within the Democrat Party, yes. are going to be kind of annoyed at some of the comments that have been made. Uh, Michelle Obama, in her speech yesterday, once again reiterated her disdainful comment that every day she wakes up in a house built by slaves. Then we, of course, heard Cory Booker, who said individualism has no role in America. Individualism was one of the founding foundations of America, of course, but that's pure nonsense. You know, James, what's fascinating is when you just think a little bit historically and you realize that the great figures of the Democrat Party would have absolutely no place whatsoever in this year's Democrat convention. Remember John Kennedy saying, we will bear any burden, pay any price in the defense of freedom? That certainly is not part of the Democrat platform this year. No. And let's go to his other famous comment. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Well, this year's Democrat platform is, Hey, give us the goodies. Everything should be free. College tuition and the works. So you're looking at the great and historic figures of the Democratic Party basically being flushed down the toilet. And this year it could be a, a meeting of the Socialist Labor Party. And the concepts, the, view, the speakers would be absolutely no different whatsoever. you got to also love when um, Pocahontas... Uh, the senator from Massachusetts who claims that she's yes. a Cherokee Indian, yes. um, uh, gets up and says, well, she disdains the concept of big money in politics. I guess she didn't take a look at the amount of money that California Democrat bigwig Tom Spire and bigwig George Soros have pumped behind Democratic causes. So there's a good deal of it. You, know, you don't have to worry about your sitcoms being... Uh, 
knocked out by the Democrat National Convention, the comedy is really there. <laughs> it's Frank Bernuccio. He joins us live on our program. What do you have coming up uh, on the program this weekend, my friend? Well, we're going to take a look at something we're calling delusional politics. You know, while the world is falling apart, while the, uh, the Russians, the Chinese, the Iranians, and the North Koreans are building nuclear missiles and the Russians and the Chinese are getting all ornery in Europe and the Pacific, while the American middle class is declining, uh, while poverty remains an intractable problem, the Democrats and so many others in the media are talking about issues like transgender bathrooms. And we're going to take a look at how real issues like national security, like poverty, like the middle class's decline, are being obscured by these rather ridiculous boutique issues. Frank Vernuccio, this weekend on selected stations across the country, Roar Network, and of course, AMFM, 247.com and iHeartRadio. Thank you, sir, and uh, we will talk to you next Tuesday. James, I look forward to it. It's been too long. I was about to call the ASPCA. <laughs> oh, they've, they've tried getting rid of me for years, but I'm still here, Frank. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Have a good week. Frank Bernuccio with us today, joining us live here on the telephone. And uh, that wraps it up for iHeartRadio this week, amfm247.com. And, of course, you can join us each and every week on this great radio station across the country and around the world. We will join you next week. We will do more. Yes, we will do more next week. Frank Bernuccio will be back. We'll also be chatting with a great guest. That's that. Download our app, chickencheckwire.us. Stream the show live. Just download our app.